Hello, everybody. Oh my gosh, it feels like it's been so long since I put out an episode. I don't quite remember when I put out the cast review, so we'll just say it's been a long time. But I'm very excited to be back. I'm excited to actually have something to talk about because I made this podcast, obviously, to talk. And to not really have things to talk about kind of defeats the purpose because... If it's about reality TV, I don't really want to talk about my personal life or something that doesn't relate at all. But enough of that. I'm back and that's all that matters. And I'm very excited to cover this season specifically just because it seems so unlike other seasons. I mean, some of the twists are the same, but I think just the dynamics of the partnerships and the competitions and even the location and the setting are really gonna make this interesting and I'm almost I'm glad that they were able to film during COVID obviously they had to be really responsible about it but I think that if they hadn't filmed we wouldn't have gotten something so creative this is very creative and unlike anything I've ever seen before and it's only the first episode it's only been an hour and a half so I don't even know what's gonna happen next but I'm very excited to continue to watch So, I'm just going to jump right into the recap. Honestly, I kind of struggled to figure out what to say. Because I feel like some of it kind of speaks for itself. So, what I want to do is kind of talk about things that I didn't think would happen. Or things that kind of are definitely going to be interesting twists in the season. Because, again, we haven't seen a lot of these things before. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the new twists with the partners and the skulls and all the rookies and even just having people like from the UK because we've had people from the UK before, but I feel like now they're really going to team up and now you're partnered with somebody who may or may not be from the US or the UK. So you can have like those cross country I don't know what I meant with that, but those crossing alliances that you might not have had in an individual season. So, it obviously starts off with the challenge, and the scenery is just beautiful. Like, I never thought that Iceland would be so nice, but it really is a really nice place. And I think it fits the theme well, because with, like, spies and stuff, it kind of looks like a spy area, like, it kind of looks like they have, like, the spy chat, spy shack, and the chamber, and all of the spy lingo. Which, honestly, I, I didn't really like that it was going to be spy-themed, just because I feel like you would kind of get tired of that after a while. But, I mean, it's the theme, and it's working out well so far. And if you don't get tired of saying headquarters and chamber and compromised all the time, then I think you'll be fine. I'm sure a lot of people like spy movies, so this is kind of like a spy show. And it's something that I never thought that the challenge would ever do. But it's working out well. Just the way that they have kind of geared the season and kind of want it to play out. Because you have to be really careful with that sort of thing without it seeming generic or boring. Or people not really being invested. But I think people are going to be really invested. So I hope so. Hope we get a lot of new fans from this, I swear. Like, we really, really do, and I think this will be the season where we get a lot of fans, because with COVID, 
you shouldn't be going out. You're probably at home eating your chips and watching your TV. So now you have something to watch every Wednesday night. Two times on Wednesday. So if you're really still not interested in it, then I'm I'm not going to convince anybody. Because this is the perfect time. And if you don't take advantage now, then I don't think you'll ever take advantage. But obviously you all have taken advantage of it because you're listening. And even if you don't watch the show... You might still be listening to support. Either way, I love the support. And you're kind of educating yourself too. So it definitely works out for you and it works out for me. It's perfect. It's like a win-win situation. So I kind of got off on a tangent there. I like to ramble a lot, but I'm just so passionate about it. And I'm just really passionate to see what the season is going to have to offer. Because even with the first challenge, it shows that people are really there to compete. And a lot of the people really did fight hard. I mean, some people kind of got a little bit lazy with the running and the puzzle. But ironically enough, it's kind of one of those challenges where you can kind of afford to be lazy. Because basically the laziest girl ended up winning the challenge, which is Anissa. She did not run up the hill, which they I thought that they were supposed to do. She ran behind the hill so she didn't have to go up and then go down. Which, I mean, it's a business thing. It's working smarter, not harder. And obviously this is a business for her because she probably gets paid a lot of money. She hasn't won yet, but I don't think she's just coming just to be on TV. Like She's coming to win and she's coming to prove herself as a competitor. And after you've been doing this for a while, you kind of start to learn all the tricks. The best example that I think of that's obviously not from this season because we've only had one person kind of try to cheat the system was during Total Madness last season when Bananas was doing the foam puzzle challenge and he didn't even go inside the foam. He like didn't want to get it on his body or whatever. So he just looked through the foam because you could still see all the colors. And a lot of people thought it was cheating. Honestly, I was kind of like, well, like he he's not going to get in trouble for that, is he? But in a way, it is working smarter, not harder. Because you're making it easier for yourself. Why are you going to put yourself through all that work if there's a shortcut that you can easily follow? And I think Anissa was feeling the same way. And honestly, if I'm her, I do not want to walk up that walk up that hill and then try to tackle everybody else when you can just kind of wait for them and then really only have to deal with tackling so it worked out for her worked out in her favor because I don't know if anybody was even close I mean Nicole was looking at that thing for probably until 2021 and she still couldn't figure it out so I think that's just kind of the difference between people is that they don't really think about the shortcuts and then it ends up costing them the win Whereas with Anissa, she did think about the shortcuts, probably didn't even think that it would help her, but she still did it anyway. And honestly, if I was her, I would probably do the same thing. I am younger than her, so probably in a little bit better shape, nothing against her, but she's kind of getting older, kind of like CT and Wes, like they're not in the shape that they were like 10, 15 years ago. However... It's still good if you want to work smarter, not harder, and kind of take down that time that you're spending on the puzzle. Because you're already going to get probably winded from that. That's going to take a lot of mental strength that you could be using for the puzzle.
for the male winner, I wasn't really surprised that Fessy won. I kind of had a feeling that he would win just with the editing. But I was surprised that he got second place. I was honestly shocked that Anissa got first. But I think the thing that was even more shocking was that she picked Fessy. Which he did win the first challenge, which is good for him. You know, but he's only played once and he didn't win. He did make it to a final, which is good. So he could win, but I think it would have been better for her to pick maybe Darrell or Wes or CT. It's kind of a bummer that she couldn't pick a female because then I would say she should pick Ashley. But, I mean, it was a male, but she went with the person who won at the time. So I don't really know if she was thinking ahead. But I did feel bad about his reaction because, again, he hasn't won either. Like, it would have been one thing if Darrell was like, oh, she picked me or whatever. Like, I don't want to work with her. But he was actually kind of down to work with her. He said, I'll ride with you no matter what. And that's kind of, that's how Darrell is. He's willing to help people win. He's willing to help push people. Which he's done on each of his seasons. He's really been kind of the person that's able to push people and not make them feel bad if they're not as competitive or not as strong or not as smart because everybody can do it if they have the right motivation which was kind of for Anissa you know she has the right motivation and she's not afraid to keep coming back and kind of push herself with the chances that maybe she'll get the win do I think she'll get the win ever Likely not, but I think she could make another final if she has a good partner, which she does in Fessy, which kind of leads me into the whole partner dynamics. Some of them are okay, some of them are like really good, and some of them are just horrible. I wasn't surprised that Devin and Nicole ended up together, but they're probably two of the most insufferable people in this game. I mean, Devin's really only claim to fame is that he doesn't like bananas. And Nicole's only claim to fame is her very distinguishable accent, which just bothers me so much. And she thinks that she's, like, the hottest person to ever play the game. But you know what? They can they can do what they need to do. Maybe they'll make a good team. Maybe they'll win. Probably not. But they have also both made vinyls before. And the thing with making finals before, though, is that it doesn't make you a good player. It just means that you made the final. It's that simple. Uh, another thing that kind of, I think, is going to really just change the game or would have been a lot different had this happened differently was when CT didn't pick Cam to be his partner, even though she was basically begging him to do so, because he picked Ashley. Which, maybe if he would have picked anybody else, somebody who's not really that big of a threat, maybe like a Big T or a Liv or like an Amber, like a rookie or somebody who hasn't made a final before, it might have been okay, but at the same time, they haven't made the final before, and he wants to win, which I understand, but why would you pick the only other female champion and become the only team with two champions? Because obviously you're going to put a target on your back. And in a way, he created an alliance that he's not even part of. Because Cam went with Josh. 
And then Leroy went with Casey. And obviously Casey's going to work with Fessy and Anissa and Amber B and Darrell because they're all part of the Big Brother crew. And then whoever has worked with Cam and Leroy before, like Nani, is going to be with them. So that's a five-team alliance that C2 is not even part of. And he put a target on his back, and he put a target on Ashley's back. And I'm not saying that they didn't have targets before, but it's a little bit different because now their target is even bigger, and people aren't going to keep them safe, no matter what. I mean, like, one person I know is not going to keep them safe is Wes, because... (laughs) If you saw the episode, you saw the montage of CT hitting Wes with the shoe, which was hilarious. But then when CT got voted in, he voted in Wes. So obviously there's some issues there. So that's one person who you're not going to want to work with. And if somebody decides to take CT as a partner or take Wes as a partner, they might not really like each other because they might not like the new partnership. Which we'll kind of get into that later because I can't really talk about that now without spoiling it. But if you haven't watched the episode, you should probably close this podcast right now. Because I'm talking about the episode, that's the point. I'm not talking about what I think happened. But it's up to you. If you don't think you're going to watch it, then go ahead. But the partners in general, I really like the idea. And I like the fact that it's... A lot of different types of people. Like, there's people who you wouldn't think that would ever work together. I mean, Cam and Josh, I kind of feel sorry for her. But it happened, and now she's part of a big alliance. So, you'll just have to see what happened. And just because you have a partner now doesn't mean that you're going to be stuck with them forever. At least what TJ talks about at the end of the episode. Uh... Another twist that is from last season is the skulls, but this time they're gold and there's only 10, which I don't know if only 10 skulls is really that big of a deal because last season nine people went to the final anyway, so it's basically just letting one more person in. However, Once you have a skull, you don't necessarily get to keep it. Somebody can take it from you. So it's kind of like season 16, the island, with the keys where somebody could take the key. For example, when Evelyn took Johnny's key in kind of this, like, independent woman moment because she was tired of being beat down by him, understandable. But then he took it back, and then she ended up getting one again. So it can kind of... Just because you have a key or just because you have a skull doesn't mean you're going to keep it. Somebody can fight you for it. And obviously, guys like Joseph or Michi probably aren't going to go fight Darrell or Fessy or Corey for their skull. They might fight somebody like Josh or Devin or some other guy who they maybe don't think is that strong. A lot of the guys are that strong, but the other half are kind of, eh. I think the female composition is a lot stronger, so I would be interested to watch the female matchups. Like, can you imagine Lolo versus Natalie or Cam versus Ashley or whoever? Like, really strong people going at it. But I almost like the matchups that are average everyday people. 
Like, I would like to see maybe the Ambers go at it against each other because they seem like they're good competitors, but they're kind of average. Or maybe, like, Casey versus Nicole or somebody who is not going to make it a blowout. Like, two people who could really either way win, and you're not going to get somebody who you definitely can't beat. Which, realistically, if you don't think you can beat the person, you should not try to take their skull. But a lot of people are pretty bold like that. And I think this season's going to produce a lot more bold people. Because, again, only ten skulls. And you can take them from people so they're not safe. The only issue I have with the whole stealing thing is that, let's say the last person to get a skull is maybe Corey or something. And then he has to go in again, maybe the next elimination to defend that against Leroy or Jay, for example. I'm just naming off names here that I know. And Corey loses, he loses a skull, and then like Leroy ends up getting the skull. Which is great for Leroy, but kind of horrible for Corey. So I have been watching War of the Worlds at the same time, the first one, and they have the relic which keeps the winning team of the elimination safe for the next elimination. So it would be interesting if they had that, but I think it would be important to kind of save it until maybe there's only two skulls left or one skull left, because in that way someone can't get it and then have to go right back into elimination, because then what's the point? Why don't they just wait and try to steal it from somebody? Instead of getting it and then having it risked again. So, I, I'm i excited for the twist. But I think they're really going to have to do it right. I do like that they're eliminating it, though. But it makes me think, are 10 people actually going to be in the final? Because that's a lot of people. It's one thing if there's 12 people and then they're in teams. Like, rivals. One or two. Or they didn't do that on Battle of the Exes. But I think if it's pairs, then it's fine. Maybe three female pairs, three male pairs, or in this case, maybe five or six um, co-ed pairs. But you don't want a ton of people in the final. Because then, like, first, second, and third place probably aren't... Sorry. Second, third, and fourth place probably aren't going to get a lot of money. Because... First place obviously gets a lot, which I hope they get a lot this time. Um, but I do hope it's a little bit more even than it was in season 35, where it was winner take all. And you had so many quitters, because if they didn't think that they were going to win, what's the point of being there? They're basically there for nothing. So, might as well just go home. I mean, TJ might not like you, but might as well just leave. And I think both of the people who left the final last season had really good reason to do so. Melissa found out that she was pregnant and Bailey tore her ACL or was it her MCL? I don't care about the details. We don't need to know about that right now. All we know is that they both left. But again, they probably would have stuck it out if there was actually money for them. Even if it's like 10k. Doesn't really seem like a lot, but depending on the person it could make like a really big difference. So hopefully they at least give money to second and third place. Maybe if fourth place goes home with nothing, I don't really care. 
you should have done better than fourth place because that's not the goal. But even if it's like first and second place, get money. And then third place, maybe nothing, which has been the case before. I think it would be okay. The rookies are definitely here to play this season. And I think I found that out when like three of them went at CT during the deliberation. <clears throat> Liv basically insinuated that he was going to go after the rookies and he was totally shook it up by that. He said, oh, well, it doesn't have to be a rookie, but obviously that's what he's thinking. Because he's probably not going to get rid of somebody like a Kyle or a Nani or like a Josh. Because they're not champions, but at the same time they could help because they do understand the game. Whereas Leo and Joseph and Liv might not understand the game. And I said them because they're the ones who actually stood up to CT, which is kind of interesting. Especially Joseph, because he fell asleep when they were clubbing. So... It just doesn't really seem like he would take the game as seriously. But I was glad to hear new people being able to stand up for themselves and say, you know what, we are rookies, but you're not just going to get rid of us that easily. And that's kind of the power dynamic that I want to see. And to have all of them vote them in, I don't think... I'm trying to remember who did not vote CT and Ashley in. It was Natalie, but only because Wes didn't do it. So I guess it kind of made sense because they're trying to keep the champions around because they're meat shield. But again, Natalie is a rookie, but she's partnered with Wes, who obviously knows about her competitive skills. He's probably seen her on Survivor, and if he hasn't, then maybe he needs to go back under his rock. But she's a very good competitor. And she's definitely there to prove herself. And part of proving herself might be to keep a shield. Because that's that's a good way to play this game. It's good to be able to be the physical threat all the time. But at the same time, you don't want to be the person that everybody's looking at and thinking that, oh, well, I can't beat you. So now you have to go. The last thing I want to talk about in this episode is the elimination. Because it was an interesting elimination. I don't remember seeing it for, I think, 10 seasons or something. I think the last time they did the hogtie-type competition was during Battle of the Exes. Which was kind of funny because Leroy was there and he competed in it. A lot of people watched that, so it's kind of cool to bring back these old eliminations. And it's not one of those iconic ones like Hall Brawl or Balls In or Pole Wrestle, but they do those all the time. This is a good elimination. It's hard, but not too hard once you get the hang of it. And it's really kind of a good equalizer because you never know who's going to win. I was kind of surprised that Natalie did not do as well. She did end up winning, but she struggled a lot in the beginning and... I honestly thought that Ashley might have been able to pull it out. And Ashley was close, like, the entire time. But she just couldn't get over that last hurdle, literally and figuratively. I was kind of upset to see that it was a female elimination. But realistically, it's not going to be a male elimination if it's CT versus West. Because one of them will go home first. And it's better to just do a rookie versus a champion... Which, I mean, Ashley is a very good competitor. And so is Natalie so far because she won. 
And she's not just any rookie. Like, she is a really strong rookie, but she didn't just be any champion. She'd be a two-time champion who is very good at the politics and has pretty average social game, average in eliminations, but Ashley is a really good competitor, and she's not the type you want to count out. But I was very proud of Natalie for winning. And now that she wins, she has a really big decision to make. Does she want to keep Wes as her partner? Does she want to take CT as her partner? Or does she want to take any other guy as her partner, except for Fessy, since he won the challenge? So, it's going to be interesting to see what she decides to do. I think the least likely thing that she would do would be to pick CT, because he's a three-time champion. He already has a target on his back. So people are probably going to bring her into it. And she wouldn't really have a lot of strong alliances. I think it is likely that she would stay with Wes. But the best thing for her would be to pick a guy who has a lot of alliances. Maybe like Leroy or Josh, for example. Because then you kind of force alliances to show their hand. And you force them to kind of reveal who they trust or not and it could be good if she's already aligned with other people because then she can give other people intel and really be like a spy a double agent playing both sides so i think that would be the smartest move for her would to pick a libra or josh will she do it probably not but if i'm her i would absolutely do that I probably wouldn't even really think about it, but that's the thing with the challenges is that you have to be very mentally strong. You have to be able to be thinking multiple steps ahead. And she seems very capable of that to me. So I'll be interested to see what she does. But knowing this show, she'll just stay with Wes, which is predictable. And I don't want her to keep getting targeted, which... I think would definitely happen. So we'll just have to see what happens next week. I'm bummed out that we got left on the cliffhanger. But it's, you know, we already got an hour and a half. What else can we do? Ask for two hours? Which I almost hope we would have gotten two hours. I kind of wish that they would have combined episode zero, the declassified special, with this episode. Because if you didn't watch the declassified special... You don't really know anything about these people. You're like, oh, who the heck is Gabby from Love Island, UK? You know, who the heck is Kyle? You should know who Kyle is. But, I mean, some people might not. And I'm kind of jealous. Not a Kyle fan, as you can tell. He's funny, but not a good competitor at all. And just kind of annoying. Uh, But... Yeah, I mean, I wish we did get a little bit more material, but honestly, I'm happy with what we got. It was a really good first episode. One of the best first episodes I think I've seen. It wasn't predictable at all. Like, I mean, you didn't think that all these twists would happen with the chamber where I didn't really mention this, but there is the chamber where they go to vote and then the winners of the challenge go and basically get to see who was voted in, and who voted for them. So now you can figure out who lies to you and who doesn't lie. You can figure out who's really being a spy. And I think if not for that twist, 
the spy theme probably won't really work, but I like all of the spy lingo and the spy intel and all of these things that are really going to play into the spy theme. So I'm really excited to see what happens with this season and hopefully a lot of people like it. Hopefully a lot of people watch and say, hey, you know what? This show's pretty good. Maybe I'll keep watching or maybe I'll start it for the first time because that was what happened for me. I am glad that I started during Total Madness, but it was kind of an average season. And to even watch a season for the first time and know that it's average when you haven't seen any other seasons before, like, is really interesting. But this season is a lot better so far, and I just am very, very excited to see the level of gameplay to see what happens because I think that we're in for a lot more twists and it's definitely not going to be predictable. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, I really appreciate all the support I get and I hope that you all will keep listening throughout the season. As always, let me know if you have any questions, concerns, or even suggestions about how to get better because I'm always interested in feedback. So just always feel free to reach out to me if you have anything, and I hope you all have a good week, and I'll see you again next Thursday.